good to be in the house of God this morning. As David said, I was happy when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Amen. And that word is still true today. For we love the Lord Jesus and we love one another and we love to be in his presence. Amen. Praise God. Good to see you, Brother Kyle and Sister Christina. Welcome to the service this morning. We just welcome each and every one of you. God bless you. Welcome those that are online with us and those that will stream or archive. Pray that God will just meet your every need. <clears throat> just before we sing, Sister Elizabeth Waldner has a, a note here she just wants to share with the church. Dear brothers and sisters, the Waldner family wishes to express their thanks to the ministry, Brother Tom, and to everyone for the tremendous outpouring of love and support in the passing of our precious husband, father, and brother. Thank you to all the sisters that arranged for the meals and everyone that helped with the memorial service and reception. May the Lord ever bless and reward you all, Sister Elizabeth Waldner and the family. Thank you, sister, and God bless you, and we'll keep remembering you and the family in prayer. Amen. I'm going to sing this morning. I, oh, I'm just uh, happy to be here, and um, number 811, Death hath no terrors for the blood-bought ones. We've been going through quite a week, but we have, we have the victory for one. We have God's promise for another. So we are without fear. Amen. And we can rejoice because death is nothing but a, a buggy that is taking us into the presence of Almighty God. Amen. We strive we press on, we pray, but we commit it all to God. Amen. I can just see Brother Henry, Brother Harold, and maybe Brother Hugh rejoicing in the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. All together. Amen. And the, whole, the mighty host that has gone before us. Amen. Gone into the presence of the Lord. Let's sing. Death has no terror for the blood of one. Oh, glory, hallelujah to the land. The most is victory of the grave is gone. Oh, glory, hallelujah to the land. Jesus rose from the dead. He rose triumphant as he said. Yeah. 
again. Because it, I, I, you know, I just feel like taking my two thumbs and sticking them in the devil's eyeballs and just grinding them a little bit. Amen? Well, we're, we're, we're in a war, so let's fight. Right? Amen. Let's, let's stick it to them. Let's sing it like we mean it. Oh, death has no terror for the blood. For the victory, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. For it reaches to the highest mountain. Amen. We are bought by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood that Jesus shed for me.
Precious, precious, precious. Oh, precious Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother Yibye, the blood never loses its power. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. He is our victory. He is our eyesight. He is our sense of smell. He is our strength and our song. He's our everything. He's our all. Oh, praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Brother Ebay would like us to remember him. First of all, he'd like to thank us for our prayers while he's going through radiation therapy. I believe he has five more weeks to go, so we just want to continue to lift him up in prayer for a full restoration of eyesight and smell. Amen. God has that power. There is no power greater than our God. Amen, amen, amen. Brother Tom, would you come and take us to the throne of grace this morning? Bless you. Amen. I'd like to announce a family prayer meeting tomorrow night, Monday night. Those are always a tremendous event. So I wanted to mention that before we go to prayer. Also, um, a testimony for the prayer brothers and the sisters that have gathered for those meetings. I can't get into all the details, but I'll give you one thing, Brother Matthew, because whenever I think of Thane, I think of Matthew. Whenever I think of Matthew, I think of Brother Thane. And he had a problem, a family situation that was irreparable and just a terrible situation and uh, took it to the courts. And it's never been done on the West Coast that he got a uh, declaration of emancipation to be his own man from his family dilemma. I say to God, be the glory. I know, I know that's very, some say, well, what is that? What is that? It means that a man at 15 can be his own man. He doesn't need direction from anybody. He can stand his own man, knows how to work, knows how to provide, knows how to be his his own um, leadership. And it's not truly given to a 15, 16 year old, but he was given that because of the situation and the power of prayer. So God be the glory for that and we thank God. We must remember, of course, the uh, brother uh, Harold Hildebrand's family, the assembly, and um, brother Ed, they'll be having a um, graveside, I think, believe on Wednesday, and then next Saturday there will be a memorial service in Edmonton at the church. Um, remember brother Milko, of course, brother EBA, as it already has been spoken. 
Let's pray, and we will pray for the offering also. Lord, I am reminded of the song, Victory is ours. Victory is mine. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the total victory. We have Brother EBA amongst us, Lord, because of the victory of the blood of Jesus Christ. Satan would have loved to sift him as wheat, but God, you and your bride has prayed for him. His name has been written on the book. And Satan, we give you notice that if Jesus heals, he continually heals. And so we drive away the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as an assembly of the living God, we withstand that cancer. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. Any cell, any unbelief, we bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. You gave the church power to bind and power to loose. We loose our brother and we bind the devil in the name of Jesus. And so, Father God, for Brother Milko, I was just speaking to him the other day. We aren't accepting his condition. We are believing that he will walk out of that wheelchair. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you illuminate, Lord, and quicken his faith to believe the promise of God are yea and amen to them that believe. So, Lord, if there's any sickness this morning, may the presence of the resurrected King of Kings drive back the clouds of doubt and unbelief and let your people rejoice in the victory of Calvary. And, Lord Jesus, we stand here this morning giving our offerings unto you, Lord. Free will offering of praise. Free will offering, Lord, of our funds. Whatever it is, we want to give you all the glory. Would you... Bless your children as they, Lord, give to the kingdom of God. Lord, we ask that you'll anoint the servant of God like never before. Brother Murphy will be holding that word. Lord, it's in that vessel. It's in that charger. I pray, God, that the anointing that comes from above, I pray that the mighty angel himself will be in attendance to the servant of the living God. And may we not see Brother Murphy, but may we see the almighty speaking through the vessel, Lord, and hearing the word to rapture a people. Lord, I pray that the blessings of God be upon this service, upon the choir, the musicians, the song leader, and the man of God that will minister the word of God, we pray. Bless those that are visiting. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seat, saints, as we prepare for the morning offering. Well, there's a number of people I like to give notice to that I, ha- I failed to. Where's Brother Neil and Sister Subo? Where are you? I know you're somewhere hiding around here. Where? Would you please stand? I didn't greet you. They're across the line. God bless you, Brother Neil. Wonderful to see both of you here this morning. Brother Joachim, you've got to take the mask off, okay? Just so that we can see who's shining behind that mask. There he is. Brother Joachim and Sister Lily were here last week, and we love to have you in your spot, Brother Joachim. <laughs> Amen. Brother Christian, where are you? You're here with your, your wife, Sister Jen. Where are you? Why don't you stand up all the way from Saskatchewan? Are you in Saskatchewan? Go west, young man. Nice to have you here. <laughs> And, of course, one of our long-lost sons of the gospel, 
Brother Kyle and Sister Christine, I don't mean that in that way at all. Lovely to have you here. God bless you, Brother Kyle, Sister Christina. You're a part of us, so we just claim them as our own, right? Amen. I saw that smiling face. You never let me know when you're coming. That's, that's a dangerous thing. We got to change that. We have to change that. So we have some special guests. I'll name them one by one so they'll stand, and at that time, uh, we'll give notice. Brother Joel, all the way from Montreal, has made his way out here. Brother Joel, would you please stand and wave and greet the people? <laughs> Brother Joel and I have been in fellowship for how long now over that? I mean, I mean, if there's anybody that's tenacious, it's Brother Joel. And we love him. He's married, and the Lord gave him a, a, a child. They're waiting and expecting a child. And God bless you, Brother Joel. Nice to have you here. Amen. Brother Ed, where are you, Eddie? Where are you? Stand up, please. Look. If you turn around and you can face everybody, I want them to take notice. Brother Biscoe dedicated Brother Eddie in the Congo. And Brother Eddie is here to, to be with us this week. And so I want to thank God for... Listen, talk about a dedication. Here's a manifestation of a dedication. So God bless you, Brother Eddie. Nice to have you here. Well, we, you look in the scriptures, and, the, you know, and they went up on the Mount Transfiguration, and Jesus took Peter, James, and John. So to complete the trio, there had to be a third one. Brother Felix, would you mind standing? God bless you. All the way from Montreal. <laughs> nice to have you here. Glory. Amen. My, my, my. Just to think of that, all the way from Quebec to be with the saints in British Columbia. We're just about extremes, but you're not from Prince Edward Island, so. Amen. God bless you all. I believe there's a special coming up. Is there a special? All right. I just want to make sure I got everybody here. Okay. Amen. So remember, please, the prayer meeting uh, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock and communion tonight at 4 o'clock. God bless you. Brother Adam? Where's Brother Adam? There. Okay. <laughs> God bless you. You know when you start naming, you're going to miss somebody. So if I miss anybody, it's just Brother Tom, okay? God bless you. Brother Tom, welcome to all. Sister Julie, if you'd get ready to uh, sing your special. While she's coming, let's sing that song Brother Tom mentioned, Victory is Mine, Victory is Mine. Well, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory.
this is a Hindi personal song of me, and uh, I believe God will bless you. Hurt, I, the, uh, I know. 
wonderful song. We appreciate that. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. People of every kindred, tongue, and nation that have heard this word from all the ages bygone be gathered together. We'll just rejoice in the presence of God. Amen. Appreciate that, sister. It's just so wonderful. I'm going to invite the choir to come and sing now, and we'll have Brother Murphy come and take the service uh, right after they're done singing so while they're coming let's just sing I am redeemed bought with a price well I am
God bless you. Um, just a quick backstory to this song. Um, the Lord gave it to me about a month after camp. Um, it came from Brother Andrew Glover um, at, on the Sunday morning service when he said, worship while you wait. Um, and that inspired the song. And the words mainly started um, when I heard about EBA. And um, I just want to encourage you with this song. We all have needs. We have given our burdens to the Lord. And his word says that he inhabits in the praises of his people. And we've come to a season where we are in worship. And I think that's very important. Because when we have made a request known, the scripture says to give thanks. Um, and so I pray this song is a blessing to you.
Praise God. Hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Thank you, Sister Victoria. We really appreciate that. Wonderful song. Amen. We'll invite Brother Murphy to come. Maybe we could just stand together and we're going to sing, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. While we wait, while we pray, while we stay, we'll hold to His unchanging hand. Amen. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. changes us. And may the Lord bless you. It's so good to see everyone. And uh, some uh, visitors, I just heard Brother Tom uh, introduce you. God bless you all. And uh, uh, the, I think as he said, uh, uh, Brother uh, Neil and Sister Susie Bowles is here. My, so good to see you. And uh, I saw Sister Ruth uh, Frederick who's here too. Man, what a, what a soldier. And no matter what, we're coming to the church. It's good to see you, Brother Milko, 
Brother Frank, it's so good to be kept to the house of God and to worship the Lord together. Uh, one day, uh, this is going to be a fun memory, but we're going to change the worshiping place. And we're going to worship all together. And now, then, we're going to say to our Lord face to face. What a wonderful time that's going to be. Maybe we'll just go to the scripture right away. Um, uh, chapter, uh, book of Numbers, chapter 5. Uh, just before we go through there, maybe we can just bow our heads again. Let's pray to the Lord. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. What a privilege that we can call you our Father. What a privilege that we can have a place that they gather together. Lord, when the world is going into the total darkness, you shine the light upon your children so that you can say, rise up, shine, because your light has come. Lord, we give you all the thanks. I ask you to take the service, Lord, and open up your word to us. Lord, and may we have the spirit of a God to understand the word and to also act upon what we heard. Lord, you give it as a message not for just greater to listen, but you give it as a message for us to live. And by your grace, we are living the message in this hour. We thank you, Lord. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Book of Numbers. Uh, chapter 5, uh, it will be a, a little lengthy uh, uh, reading, uh, chapter 5, uh, verse uh, 11. Book of Numbers, chapter 5, verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man's wife go aside, and commit a trespass against him, and a man lie with her carnally, and he be hide from the eyes of her husband, and be kept close, and she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she be taken with the manner, and a spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be defiled, or if the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and be jealous of his wife, and shall and she is not defiled. Then shall the man bring his wife unto the priest, and he shall bring her offering for her, the tenth part of an ephah of a barley meal. He shall pour no oil upon it, nor pour frankincense thereon, for it is an offering of a jealousy, an offering of a memorial, bringing iniquity to remembrance. And the priest shall bring her near, and set her before the Lord, and the priest shall take a holy water, in an earthen vessel, and of the dust that is in the floor of the tabernacle, the priest shall take and put it into the water. And the priest shall set the woman before the Lord and uncover the woman's head. And we know what is the brother Branham said, uncover the head. That means she's not under the headship anymore. And it's just like Rebecca went to see the Isaac. And uh, when she uh, went to see the Isaac, when he saw the Isaac coming, and she put her veil on. And that means that she's under a new headship right now. But this woman, because it was defiled, that she's not under headship anymore. It's a shame. So she's uncovered. And put offering on memorial in her hands, which is the jealousy offering. And the priest shall have in his hands the bitter water that caused the curse. And the priest shall charge her by an oath. And say it unto the woman, if no man have a land with thee, and if thou hast not gone aside to uncleanness with another instead of thy husband, be thou free from this bitter water that caused the curse. 
But if thou hast gone aside to another instead of thy husband, and if thou be defiled, and some man have a land with thee beside thy husband, then the priest shall charge the woman with an oath of a cursing, and the priest shall say unto the woman, The Lord make thee a curse and an oath among thy people, when the Lord does make thy thigh to rot and the belly to swell. And this water that caused the curse shall go into the bowels to make thy belly to swell and thy thigh to rot. And the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. And the priest shall write this curse in a book, and he shall blot them out with the bitter water. And he shall cause the woman to drink the bitter water that caused the curse, and the water that caused the curse shall enter into her and become bitter. Then the priest shall take the jealousy offering out of the woman's hand, and shall wave the offering before the Lord, and offer it upon the altar. And the priest shall take it a half a handful of the offering, even the memorial thereof, and burn it upon the altar. You have to remember, who gave it this offer? It's her husband gave her this offer, prepared an offer for her. And then the priest take it a handful and burn on the altar. And I'm going to uh, go into that while we're in the service is going on. And that the priest shall take in a handful of offering, even a memorial thereof, and burn it upon the altar, and afterward shall cause the woman to drink the water. And when he has made her to drink the water, then he shall come to pass that if she be defiled and have done trespass against her husband, that a water that causes the curse shall enter into her and become bitter, and her belly shall swell, and her thigh shall rot. And the woman shall be a curse among her people. And if the woman be not defiled, but be clean, then she shall be free and shall conceive seed. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I'd like to give it a title of the service, The Spirit of a Jealousy. And actually, as I was going to continue on from the last service, the zeal of the Lord prepared a body, but I think it will be better. I'll just give it a, a name, so uh, a new title, uh, so that um, uh, it won't be just a repeat. Uh, repeat. Um, you know, sometimes when we look at the, the scripture, when we look at it, if we don't have the spiritual eye, uh, we kind of just totally miss it. Just go to a totally different direction. And um, but so how we're thankful the Lord gave us a prophet in this age, and so that it was just a simple phrase when Brother Branham said it in a message. He said, "If you read the scripture, you didn't see Christ in there. Go back to read it again." So I think that that gave us a tone already. Every scripture is talking about the Christ, even in the scripture that we just read. It seems like um. Uh, a very uh, uh, no spiritual uh, content is, is in there. It was talking about uh, the woman was defiled, that committed adultery and everything, but still Christ lays it in there. And Lord willing, we're going to go uh, into that this morning. And um, uh, when we talk about a jealousy, the spirit of a jealousy, uh, when we're talking about the, the word of a jealousy, and I'll just check on the, online, what does the jealousy really mean? Uh, uh, you, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, uh, 
My Chinglish is, can only go so far, so I, I, can't, I can't read too much out of the, the, the content. So I just went to the Wikipedia and said, what does the jealousy mean? And jealousy generally refers to the thoughts of the feelings of insecurity, fear, and a concern over a relative lack of a possessions of safety. So um, for English-speaking people, you probably will understand what is that uh, meaning already. Uh, and, you know, people can be jealous for um, uh, no, uh, just no reason. And sometimes we look at the certain uh, uh, the people from the surface, you probably not even see it. And the, the person can talk, and it can be a, uh, so, um, uh, so nice to talk to you. But uh, when they come behind you, and they start to running out to the things that you never even thought, you said, wow, I thought you were my friend. You know, how in the world you said, you said the things are like that? You know, what is the root of it? Jealousy. And the brother Bram said in the message, he said that if you saw the, uh, if you saw the neighbor uh, painted their uh, uh, stair, uh, is red, he said that the neighbor, and they just can't stand it. They just have to the paint their uh, the red too. And so you saw that the neighbor's uh, yard that was uh, the green just uh, better than you. You just can't stand it. Well, I better do some work. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, put some new lawns and then I put some flower. Who's going to look at it? You're not going to look at it. It's just for the people on the outside. <laughs> jealousy. If we put it uh, uh, that way. So the jealousy can come from all kinds of uh, 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 backgrounds that come uh, because of all kinds of the reason. But that's what is the jealousy that is uh, uh, that the people that are in the world that they give it a definition. But if we really look at it, the jealousy, jealousy actually is not started from the earth. Jealousy actually is started from heaven. But Abraham said in the separation from unbelief, and he said, uh, he said, I hope we don't get rough about it. But remember, in heaven, what make Lucifer? In heaven, what made Lucifer jealous? He goes over in the north and puts him up a better kingdom. He wanted a bigger kingdom, more brighter, better, and prettier. That's where this is the jealousy was started from. When in the Lucifer, then in his heart, he started jealous about the kingdom of God. That, that uh, Brother Branham said he was jealous about Michael, that archangel. He said that Lucifer got jealous of Michael and that brought it down to the earth and it transmitted into man. So the jealousy is not just a start of a randomly, just a, all of a sudden happen. It starts from Satan itself. And so what is the... What's it is the jealousy, uh, how uh, it started from Satan, and he just can't stand uh, that the God doesn't take his opinion. Uh, you better follow me, because <laughs> I know this is going to be a heavy, but I will pull you out of that afterward. <laughs> we have to let a correction started from the house of God first, then I pull you out. And so the, so the Satan, he was just thinking, you know, I got a better idea. I can make this kingdom far better than Michael can make it. Why God doesn't listen to me? You know, I can, uh, you know, he'll probably go to the, all the uh, angels and talk to them. And while he's singing, uh, the angel was singing holy, holy, holy unto the Lord day after day, night after night, uh, seraphim, uh, uh, the cherubim, and everyone that uh, worship, and uh, the music started and uh, worship the Lord because the Lord is an object of the worship. That's the purpose that God created him, 
created them before. But with Lucifer, his action is the worship leader. He's leading all of them to heaven to worship and singing it all together. Holy, holy. But I guess after about a year, 20 years, 1,000 years, 10,000 years, Lucifer probably thinking, don't you have some better word? Can we just write a new song? You know, just holy, holy, holy. Uh, that's just a lack of inspiration. Maybe I can put some new words into it. Maybe I can put some new thoughts into it. Isn't like the people that I do today. They're not going to follow the simple message that the Lord has given to us in this age. They just have to add something in there. They just have to add some opinion in there. Mad their own ideas into there. They said, we can make it better. We can make it look better. We can make it sounds better. And the Lucifer might be talking to those angels, the cherubim and seraphim. Aren't you bored? Just singing this old song day after day, year after a thousand years. Can you believe it? They said God is eternal. They said God has no end. God is unlimited. Can God just thinking something more, a little bit complicated than holy, holy, holy unto the Lord? Even baby can say that. Man's idea. Keep true to the word of a God. No matter how simple that is, you believe it. No matter how seemingly that a word, just that a simple few words, believe unto Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. That's the what says the Lord. That's the word of a God. If he said, by his stripes you were healed, that's a simple word of a God. If he said that the bride will become the final voice in the final age under her messenger, that is, that says the Lord. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter if your idea. Doesn't matter if you understand it or not. But that's the word of God. But Satan is different. Lucifer, he said, I got a better idea. I'm a more intelligence. I got a more charisma. Actually, that's from the word. He was made perfect in beauty. And he sealed the sum. What does it mean that he sealed the sum? That means that he was exactly right. He said everything was in the in this exactness. He pronounced it right. Man, sure not pronounced like me do. He doesn't say hint, hint, or can't. He pronounced it right. Every word he speaking, he calculated his word. In order for the service not to be too long, for 10 minutes, I can make my point across. He will make it exact of the word, just suit for the occasion. Man, he was educated. He was eloquent. He's a persuasive. He was such a persuasive speaker, he even persuaded one-third of an angel followed him. He's knowledgeable, perfect in beauty. He's a polished politician. He's absolutely politically right in everything. He doesn't get mad easily. Only ones at the time want to show his gesture, making his point. And he was a such an eloquent speaker, persuasive. Even angel can be persuaded. Who are you? If you depends on your own ability. If you lifted the word of a God, who are you can overcome him? 
and he just want a bigger kingdom and more brighter and better and prettier. And he, but he's not a creator, but he said, it doesn't matter. He said, I can't create it, but I can duplicate. Like Chinese, almost like. <laughs> we don't invent, but we can duplicate. We can copy. <laughs> Copyright that means the right to copy. <laughs> and the Lucifer said, I'm not a creator, but I can pervert. And after I pervert, I actually can let the thing do the same function that an almighty God can do. God can travel, I can travel too. God can go to, from Mars to Jupiter. I can make Elon Musk and make him rocket and go there and come back again. And I can, uh, God has a, has a trail of life. I can be a trail of knowledge. Just exactly the same as a trail of, trail of life. And even better, even prettier. People, I don't need a create. I don't need a creation. I can educate them. I can make them just exactly, almost like a goddess. Man, he's the one that can really make things to work. And he maybe talks to the angels. He said, "Aren't you tired of just listening to the archangel Michael all the time? He doesn't have a. He doesn't look right. He doesn't speak it right." He doesn't have the beauty that the people can be admired of him. After all, we're not supposed to lift up man. I mean, lift up angel. We're supposed to lift up God. Who's Michael? The archangel. We're supposed to lift God up. God controlled the universe. You can't see him even with the Hubble telescope. He was far away. He was a great Michael. He was just a human. He was just an angel. How can he become archangels of leading us? We're not supposed to live up a man. We're supposed to live up a God. We're not supposed to live up a William Branham. We're supposed to live up a Jesus. Isn't that the same devil trying to do the same thing? Nothing changed. And Brother Branham said, and then, in the mark of the beast and the seal of a God. He said, then where did the Jesus come from? Where did that murder come from? Where did all that kind of spirit come from? And he was talking about uh, Cain. Because now this is uh, this is, uh, the one that has the jealousy. He's not just in heaven anymore. He was a casted out. But when he wasn't casted out, he would have casted it in onto the earth. And he chose Cain. So that it got into. He said he became the first murderer. He became the first one that had a jealousy on earth. Tell me where that pure line from God to Adam. That's the only connection. Adam was the son of God. The Bible says so. Then where did that jealousy come from? Where did that murder come from? Where did all that kind of spirit come from? Out of Adam couldn't have come from Satan. It's exactly where he come from. And Lucifer got a jealous of a Michael, brought it right down to the earth and transferred it into man. Cain, by taking on this evil, took the first mark. God marked him and no one was to kill him. Let him 
A god marked him. No one was to kill him and let him alone. But you remember, as soon as they marked him, he went out from the presence of God. So the jealousy of a king make him kill his as a brother, Abel. So when jealousy is to come to a certain point, it's not just the jealousy that in the mind. It was the jealousy start to manifest it into action. And just a little jealous that the king had. And from that to jealous, and he become a murderer. And he has to kill the king. And then and not only that, because of that little jealousy, he become a murderer. And then he went off, went out of from the presence of God. But Abraham said he didn't went to the world and married himself a wife. And then it started all the rest of the story. And you find out how the jealousy can start. Just a little as it is insignificant, it seems alike. But that jealousy can go to make the person to kill another. And you're thinking about even the person who was not satisfied with what God has given to him. What the message has been taught, has been a teaching that to him. And that little jealousy, why God bless that person, don't bless me. Why does this person's name was mentioned, and why not my name be mentioned? And why Brother Tom was shaking that person's head when coming to me, and he was just uh, bypassing me? Maybe there's another person who tried to shake and he forgot about you. But you see, the little jealousy just started to grow, and just started to grow, and that little jealousy that began a person become a murder. And it started brewing, it started to grow in the mind, and then it makes the person left the presence of God. And when Cain left the presence of God, and he started to marry a wife in the world, and started a career, and started an education program, and all those type of things, he has to try to find the satisfaction for him. And God gave him a remedy, how to get rid of that bitter root. How to get rid of that jealousy. And I was so thankful to Brother Tim was to preach on the bitter water. And while he was preaching, I was just almost say to stop it. <laughs> because that was what I was studying at. But I trust that you understand that God has it a way that he knows he can put the thing, the word together. And uh, God gave it a remedy for Cain. And he said, if thou does well, shall thou not be accepted? And in another word, if you just do it as your brother did. And sometimes it's not the revelation that is coming from the thunderbolt or the lightning. It was just when you saw the life of the, the, the people that was a different. Instead of a criticizing it, then you, you said, you know, why they live? Instead of a criticizing or rejecting it, you're just receiving it. If that other person was a blessed by God instead of a jealousy, but think, why are they blessed by God? Let me do the same thing that they do, that you can be accepted. And we see that Abel, the reason he can make it a better sacrifice than the king, because he got the revelation from it. When God gave him a revelation, then it's not his mom and dad educate him, teach him about that, but it's God himself revealed that to him. And it's that revelation that when he was making it the practice, and to the lead the lamb before the Lord and the worship, that pleased God so much. And he received uh, uh, Abel's offer, but he rejected the king's offer. 
You know, Satan is the author of the jealousy. And he transmitted that into man on earth. And we saw when Satan was getting jealous that because uh, he wanted a better kingdom and uh, but just uh, the Lord doesn't listen to his opinion as an idea. Then he, the jealousy raised up in, in his heart. And then finally he was uh, cast out of heaven and down, down to the earth. And he started uh, uh, anointing the, the people that are on earth. But we see at the same time when Satan is anointing the people on earth, God also anointed the people that are on earth that belongs to him. And when the Satan was saw, there is the people who now bow down to him, who now bend down to him, who only worship God, doesn't worship him. That jealousy that we carried from heaven, now is still that in him. And how he made the jealousy come become a bitter root and that killed the, the righteous man that Abel. That's the same jealousy that in Satan's mind. And he used to the man on earth that belongs to him try to kill the, the, the people of God. Amen. There's no difference of it. Amen. But when Satan was a try, when he looked at it, and he can conquer almost everyone, but he couldn't conquer a certain group of people. He can conquer the billions after billions of the people, thousands after thousands a year. But some people that God left it on this earth, he just cannot conquer them at all. And he even used the temptation, he used the money, he used a woman, and he used a man, and he used all kinds of things. And he tried to, and tried to conquer them. And this group of people, they never bow and they never bend. And they live a life of worthy for the gospel. That makes Satan jealous. And he probably even say to the people, he said, did I treat you good? He said, I give you the job. I give you the promotion. You know, I, have a, I give you all my attention. And I, I let you to go to the university. I let you find a good job, give you the money, give you the everything. But why I cannot get your heart? I can get your mind sometime. Why I cannot just get your heart to get your soul? Because we sold our heart to the Lord. Amen. And that make him even more jealous. And it's a jealous to become a boiling. And even sometimes you find that the people, it doesn't mean to the believer they never make a mistake. And that the believer sometimes they fall into the temptation. And then in the fall in the temptation, then they stumbled. They, made, they do the things that are wrong. Satan said, I got him. I got him this time. But before he know it, the tear ran down from the believer's eyes. Then he started walking back to their prayer closet. Said, Lord, I'm done wrong. Lord, would you forgive me? Satan said, why I cannot just get you? The reason is because we give out our heart to the Lord. That made him become more mad. And then when Satan is getting mad, he wants to kill you. But how he killed that, he killed that voice. He wouldn't let the voice continue to speak. And when he killed the Abel, he literally killed, silenced that voice. And Brother Bramah said that when the true voice of God... And to the true worship of a God was condemned. 
and sent out and killed in a garden of Eden. And the voice of a God hushed by the greed and the jealousy. It's been that way in the church ever since. Trying to hush the truth, the true voice of a God. That's always Satan is trying to do. But if you notice, as soon as the voice of Abel was silent and in death, God raised up a Seth to take his place. He said as soon as they would stone one and put him away, God would raise up another one. And they'd stone that one and put it away. God would raise up another one. He's always kept his witness alive. Down through the ages, he's kept his voice alive before the people all the way from Edom. Why Satan cannot kill that voice? Because that voice is coming from a revelation. Abel was revealed by God to set, to uh, present, sacrifice, a sacrifice of lamb. Because God revealed to him, and it's not by the fruit of the field, but it's by the blood. So when Abel caught that revelation, and his voice cannot be ever stopped. Even when Abel's natural voice was stopped and silent, but his voice still crying out. Because you cannot silence the revelation. When it become a revelation, when he, the Lord revealed to him, that, that revelation become a voice that sounded it up, sounded it out, that in the person's alive. That even that, that the person's alive was taken away, but that voice cannot be taken away. Notice the natural voice become an inaudible for men, but that in, uh, it was a silence, but that voice that in that life can still echoing in heaven that God himself even can hear it. And even though the Bible says, and he said, what has it outdone? Can the voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me? When it can become a revelation, the voice can never be ceased. The voice can never be silent. And you're thinking about it in the book of Revelation. It talks about those of the people that are under the altar. Those people are under the altar of, a blood, of a blood of a, a, a lamb, a sheep, and the bull. But even they're under the altar. Even their life was taken. Though they're under the blood of a sheep and the goat and the little bull. But the voice never stopped. Their voice is still speaking. And even the, the, they were killed, the, those are Jews. Brother Bramner said that under the law, uh, the souls that under the altar were killed by the gas, killed in the concentration camp, that by Hitler, by Stalin, all this uh, uh, bitter persecution around them. But even when they died, but they're under the blood of the bull and the sheep and the goats, that voice can never be stopped. Even when they're under the altar, the voice is still crying out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou, thou judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Their voice can never be stopped. And then the voice will keep swirling in heaven. Even they're out of earth, but their voice keeps whirling around in heaven. There's a one thing can stop that voice. Or if I should say, can satisfy that voice. It has to be God speaking in the back to them. 
They're under the blood of the bulls and goats. But that voice still echoing in heaven. And then God has to say to them, he said, and the white robe were given unto every one of them. It has to be peace, their voice. It has to be satisfied, that voice. Because that voice cried out, how long, Lord? And then God gave them a white robe, each one of them. And said, wait but a short little while until your fellow servants and your brothers were killed and also. If they're the people that who is under the altar, under the blood and the sheep and the goat and the bull, and that the voice cannot be stopped, how much more the voice of the bride of Jesus Christ, they're under the blood of Jesus Christ, which speak better things than all the sheep and goat. That voice cannot be stopped in it either. And in order for that voice to be satisfied, to be peace, God has to answer that voice. That's why if you haven't believed for your loved ones, that love, that voice, that revelation that come upon you. Brother Brandon said, how to get your house beloved, your loved one be saved in thy house. He said, in the same faith that you believed for your salvation, that's the same faith you believe for your children and for your loved ones. If that's the revelation, they become a voice that in their life. And that voice can never be stopped. Even you died, God has to answer that undying voice. Because that voice speaks better things. And it will give you the revelation of it. And then you just keep true to it. We talk about the jealousy of the Satan. But you know, Satan can only pervert. He cannot, uh, he doesn't create. He doesn't have any original thoughts. The only original is God. Satan has a jealousy, but God has a jealousy too. And God, he called himself, he's a God of a jealous. In Exodus 34, take heed of thyself, to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with an inhabitant of the land whither thou goest, lest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But he shall destroy their altars, break their image, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other god. For the Lord, whose name is jealous, and is a jealous God. It's not only God is a jealous God, but God has said, my name is a jealous. Did you name your son jealous? Nobody named that. They named their son powerful. Abraham, the face of a father. What if I name my son jealousy warm? But you see, God said, that's my name. My name is jealous. In another word, that's in the court of God. That's the quality of God. 
This is something that inside of him can never be changed. He's a jealousy God. And Shalom, brother Brandon said, God is a jealous God. He's a jealous and he wants his wife pure. He wants her a virgin, chaste, nothing in the world into her at all. All together, his word, part of him. We must be a part of the word, not a part of the creed, a part of the word, and not a part of the church, a part of the bride. Church is condemned. We know that she goes to outer darkness, but the bride goes up. God is a jealous God. He wants his wife, the bride of Jesus Christ, to be pure and chaste. That's so against the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age is you do whatever you want to do. The husband has their lover. The wife has their lover. They go, one go to the west and one go to the east. They don't even want to get married. There's no jealousy in there. And even the wife would go out to the heaven another, heaven another one. Well, yeah, yeah, that's fine. The reason why? Because the husband would go out to the heaven the wife too. And it was that's the spirit of this. But God is not like that. God has the spirit of a jealousy on him. If God has that, his children should have that too. His children cannot be just a wishy-washy. His children cannot be just a, you know, I love all, all of me and all is love. Love is all. And love is love and all those kind of things. His children is a jealousy children. They're jealous for God. You don't want your wife to be flirting with other people. You don't want your husband to be flirting with other people. God doesn't want his surprise to be flirting with the world. God doesn't want his wife to be flirting with the things that are in the world. He wants his wife to be pure and chase the virgin. And we find out in the book of Numbers that we just read. It said, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, if any man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, and a man lie with her carnally, and it be hide from the eyes of her husband, and be kept close, and she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she be taken with the manner. That means that she didn't got caught. Please put your spiritual vest on. We're talking about spiritual things here. This husband, his wife, been defiled, but she was not caught. In another word, she hid it from her husband. She done something that she shouldn't do. She's flirting with the world to do this and then do that, but her husband didn't discern that. She didn't tell her husband. Her husband doesn't know it. But her husband's suspicious about it. And this woman, let's just dramatize it a little bit. And this woman, then she went back home. And she's still cooking. She's still doing everything that for her husband sweeps on the floor. But somehow her husband finds She's not like what she used to be. She lost the passion. She lost the zeal. 
And she's still going to the church. But she gets sitting there without drinking in. She's still going to the church, dressed like a wife, and talk like a wife. The wife of Jesus Christ is doing everything still the same. But there's just no spark that is in her anymore. And she can listen to the preaching. If the preaching that's suitable for her, and she's nodding her head. Or he nodding her head, his head. And he's just nodding, but if the preacher says something that is not quite right, or quite a register, it ain't her. Really. That's all you can say? And if they were more political, uh, diplomatic, they just lowered their head and started writing notes. <laughs> and her husband went back home. What are you writing? It's not your business. Maybe one day her husband just take a look at the notes and he looked at it and he said, when he looked, he saw the nose just got a pig head with a knife on it. The husband realized that something went wrong. My wife cannot feed on the word anymore. On the surface, he's fine. It's perfectly all right, just like a wife. But sometime when her husband wants to touch her, wants to deal with her, want to speak a word gently to her, she got startled. And she wouldn't want her husband to touch her anymore. He still fulfilled his duty. He paid his tithes. She did everything that she wanted to do, that it's supposed for a wife to do. But she lost her joy. And if her husband to bring the handful on purpose, and to throw something that was special for her, that she usually shouting a glory, hallelujah, amen, that is the right. But now, there is no response anymore. And when the, her husband was preaching, he said, her husband a preacher? Doesn't the brother Brandman said to the congregation, like in the congregation of the church to the pastor, it's like a wife unto a husband. And when her husband was at the preaching, and her husband looked at her, and he saw that a thousand yard stare. Why, my wife, why the wife of Jesus Christ cannot feed on the word anymore? Where is that joy? Where is that joy of salvation? Where is that when God speaks to their heart? Something just burning. Something just yearning. Oh Lord, I just want to love you. Oh Lord, I can't wait to feel the touch of the Lord at it again. I can't wait. When the Lord is coming, the presence started coming down, the tear running down his eye. And he said, Oh God, I love you. Her husband realized, My wife is defiled. Some slicker, 
Maybe it was at a skin fade, a hairstyle, messing her up. Some politician, maybe it was there a CNN News and a Fox News, and had messed her up. And some preacher, was there a politician dodging the easy style of a preaching, and a free love, and a love all, and a you can love this, and you can love that, and everything else, and messed her up. And she started to hide. She started coming home. She started not to come into church, if I should say. She wouldn't want her husband to know. She started to put on a mask. I mean, not this mask. She started to put on a facade. But her husband's is the man with the Holy Spirit. He knows something wrong here. Something must be, to de- must be done. Some of the wife of Jesus Christ may be messed up by their job. They may be messed up by their career. They're online shopping, they're offline shopping. And they may be messed up by the fear that the devil put it on them. They may be messed up by the loneliness that the devil put it on them. And they may be by the worldly things. And some may be messed up by pride. And that they couldn't feel the touch of their husband anymore. And they got hurt. Hurt is not a bad thing. Only if you know what hurts you. If you're hurt by the word, it's supposed to be. If you're hurt by the Satan, there is a remedy for it. And then in number chapter 5 of verse 14, it said that the spirit of a jealousy come upon him. It come, a, come upon the husband. The husband is supposed to jealous. For their wives. As I said, you don't want your wife to be flirting with other people. You don't want that other people try to insult your wife. If somebody insulted my wife, out. <laughs> they said, Aren't you supposed to show a guppy love? <laughs> yeah, I'll show a guppy love for sure. I'll show him a filial love first. Some of you will get it tomorrow. I'll, feel them, I'll show them my filial love to destroy the body first, and I will pray for his soul. <laughs> you will do the same thing. How do you want your wife to be insulted by other people? How does God want his wife to be insulted by other people? God has a jealous about his wife. And the second Corinthians chapter 11 too, Paul said, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. If Satan has transmitted his jealousy unto the earth to his child, Ken, God has also transmitted his jealousy to his children on earth. Paul said, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. The reason is for I have exposed you 
to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Exposed, that means to joint. Paul's goal is to joint the God's wife with God's own word. Not to the knowledge of the world and not to the things of the world. Because he got to the commission to presenting God a chaste virgin. To presenting Christ a chaste virgin. And that is his job. That's why it made him become a jealous for God's own wife. He's not a married to God's wife, but it is both. He presenting, he joined, he'd be like the friends of the, the bridegroom to present, introduce to the, the bride to the bridegroom. What if they are presenting when the, when the Christ or the bridegroom check, my bride is not even virgin anymore. That's the, that's the, the bride, the friend of the bridegroom to put in shame. That's why he's under commission. And in this age, God has the prophet under the commission too. He got to the transmitted the jealousy from God himself and into him. He has to present a chaste virgin to God, to Christ, and in this hour. Then Paul said, but I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguile Eve through his subtlety, subtlety so your mind should be corrupt. Corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Simplicity, that means the singleness. Means the sincerity. Means the mental honesty. The virtue of a one who is free from a pretense and a hypocrisy. Not self-seeking. But you see, the bride, if we saw this woman, and she was defiled from that. And Paul was here afraid, afraid to the people. Lost their simplicity, their sincerity, their singleness that are toward Christ. And his commission is to put them in focus. Focus on God's word. And let all the rest of the things that are in the world are passing that away. No matter who said what, no matter what is the world to try to offer. But let our eyes be singled on the Christ. Amen. And the jealous... Actually, it's the same word with uh, zealous. It's the same word with zeal. That's the same word when Jesus said, the zeal of thy house has eaten me up. Or we could have swapped it and used it the jealousy of my house that has eaten me up. God wants to have it the pure, unadulterated bride of Jesus Christ. And even in the last age, in the little descendant age, God gave a, a characteristic of the, the people that are in this age. And he said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. That zealous is the same word with the jealous. And then another word, be jealous. Jealous what God is jealous. You cannot be zealous of what God zealous without being jealous of what God jealous. You have to have it on a single mind. If God jealous for this of the bride, we should have the same jealous that we don't want anything else to interfere with our walk with the Lord. The jealous means to burn with the zeal, hit it, boil with the envy, hatred, anger, 
in a good sense, to be zealous in the pursuit of good. And to desire one earnestly, to strive for, to strive after, busy oneself about him, to exert oneself for one, that he may not be torn from me. That's the zealous of God. That is the jealousy of God. He wouldn't want anything that had torn his bride out of him. And in Balmy and Gilead, Brother Branham said, I don't want them to be like the rest of the world. I'm jealous of them. I want them to be real Christian. I want them to look like it, act like it, and be like it, and be genuine. And that's the reason I'm zealous of my brethren. I don't want to be off in a little old social gospel like you get out of some incubator out here. I want them to be real men of God, standing and not compromise on that word. And they really laid it out there. The real love cuts. And in adoption, he said that Jesus and the brother Bram are talking about his experience that are beyond the curtain of time. And he said that those people when he not beyond the curtain of a time when Brother Branham was there. He said, now if that was the truth then on thy day, he said, then people said to me, said, Jesus will come to you and you will present us to him a chaste virgin. Judged by the word that you preached to them. What can keep it a virgin? The word in this hour can keep it a virgin. What made us a chaste virgin? Only the message in this hour can make us a virgin. And this prophet has the same jealous, the same zeal like Paul had for the church in that day. And he had the jealous for the church in this day. That's why we're zealous for the church. We don't want our family, we don't want our church to be going away to some social gospels. Brother Tom has been mentioned that and preached that several times. We want a born-again family. We want a born-again church filled with the Holy Ghost, constantly in the revival of God. That God's Word and His, His Spirit keep us in the revival of the holiness and the purity. To preach the word around the world, to every corner, to go to Uganda, to go to Ethiopia, to go to everywhere, to bring this message to the people. That's supposed to be the singleness of our heart. And the prophet said, if I preach to you just what Paul preached to his church, if his groups get in, he said, ours will too. Because we got the same thing. We not only have the same word, but we have the same zeal. The same jealous of a God that had given it to us. And at the end of that, those people that are beyond the curtain of the time, when Brother Bramah said that, they said that we are resting on that. This is our resting place. And then in the Shalom, Brother Brahma said that that's the reason Jesus is coming for a chaste virgin, pure, filled with the Holy Ghost, and not of the world, but of the power of a God. Oh, how wonderful to know that there is a possibility to get into this group. How do you do it? You will never do it by joining into organization. You will do it when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the mystical body of Jesus Christ and raised it with him in resurrection, free from death and sin. That's the only way. 
Then the prophet said, you stay a chaste virgin. How will I do it, brother Branham? Stay right with the word. Live clean and pure. Have nothing to do with the things of the world. And he said, I see the world coming in. I'm zealous. If I see my wife flirting with another man, you will see me get right after her right quick. And that's right. It's because I love her. And when I see the church begin to flirt with the world, it risks something within me. I can't sit still. I got to say something. Can call me what you want to. I just got to let it out. I'm jealous of the church. I don't want her entangled with the world. What she needs is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the renewing. He said, David said, renew my salvation. Restore the joy of my salvation. He said, the church is losing that. This man becomes suspicious about his wife. Or as the scripture said, he becomes jealous about his wife. The spirit of a jealousy that a compound that is a wife. And then in the 15, it said, Then shall the man bring his wife unto the priest. And, the, and he shall bring her offering for her, the tenth part of the effort of a barley meal. And then he shall pour an oil upon it, not, nor put frankincense thereon, for it is an offering of a jealousy. An offering of a memorial bringing iniquity to remembrance. And that a priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. The husband wants to find it out. Is my wife defiled or not defiled? And that the only way that he could find it out is to bring her to the priest. And then that the priest shall take the holy water in an earthen vessel. And of the dust that is in the floor of the tabernacle, the priest shall take and put it into the water. What is it to represent? This is the representative of Jesus Christ. It's the holy water that in the earthen vessel. The holy water, Jesus Christ, the word is the washing this is the washing of the water of the word. But where is the washing of the water of the word? It's in that earthen vessel. It's in the Jesus Christ, in thy body. And why have to put a dust in there? Because the dust means a curse. When God cursed the serpent, he said, belly, on the belly you go, and you will eat it in the dust all the day long. Because God cursed the serpent. So Jesus Christ, the Holy Word, that in that earthen vessel, He become the dust of the earth formed the body so that He can become that bitter word, bitter water. That He can become the, the holy water, the bitter water with dust in that earthen vessel. So if you want to find the bride is it a pure or not? You must give her a word test. Yeah. It's the holy water that in that earthen vessel. So it's the Jesus Christ that he become the flesh. He become the atonement. 
He is the one that in the Gethsemane, that the Lord, not my will, but your will be done. It's not that we try to drink the bitter cup, but he must drink the bitter cup. He's the one that is drinking the bitter water. He's the one actually become the bitter water. He said, the, the cup that I drink, will you drink it also? The baptism that I took, and you will take it also. It's a Christ that he is the one that, uh, it's a Christ that an offering, that an atonement, he died for his wife. And that the spirit of a jealousy is to make it our bridegroom, make it our Jesus Christ. He sacrificed himself. That he come down to the flesh and become the man just like you and me. But there's a holy water living inside of him. And he become a curse for us. And then in the book of Numbers chapter 5 verse 20. Said if thou has gone aside to another instead of thy husband. And if thou be defiled. And some man have a land with thee beside that husband. He said, then the priest shall charge the woman with an oath of a cursing. And that the priest shall say unto the woman, the Lord make thee a curse. And an oath among thy people. When the Lord does make thy thigh to rot and thy belly to swell. Think about it, it's a poor woman. And she might be in the, the moment of the weakness and have done something wrong. And then the husband, because of the spirit of jealousy, was upon him and bring her to the priest. That means that she's going to be cursed if they find out that she has done something that is wrong. But how we thank God, God provide a bit of water for her. And the Bible says, and the water that causes a curse shall go into thy bowel. To make that belly to swell and that side her rod. And a woman shall say amen and amen. She cannot deny it. It's just like we, we cannot deny it. If we see that we have not sinned, First John 1.10, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. But thank God, if we confess our sin, he is a faithful and just to forgive us to our sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The woman coming before the priest. The priest was at a bitter water that in his hand. And she must have drink that a bitter water. But then then in the chapter 5 of verse 23. And the priest shall write this curse. That all the curse the word that has been written on that book. He said that the priest shall write this curse in the book. And he shall Blow them out with the bitter water. Whatever that curse that is said that the thigh will be rotten. And it is said that your belly will be swollen. All the curse has been written on that book. And all the cursing word has been written on your book. All the sin, all the wrongdoing that you've been doing has been all recorded on that book. Every did, every mistake, every adultery, every fornication, every sin, every lie, everything has been book, has been written on that book. 
But thank God, he said, he shall blot them out with the bitter water. In the second Christian said, and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh and has quickened together with him, have forgiven you for all trespasses, blotting out the high writing of an ordinance that was against us, which was a contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailed it to his cross. The priest taken all the curse and has been written down. John has lied. Susie has done this wrong. This woman has committed adultery. This young man, he watches things that he's not supposed to watch. Everything was recorded in there. But then the priest bring that book and with that bitter water Christ, the holy water in the earthen vessel. Though it bitter, but still the holy water. No matter how much dust to put it into there, but it's still the holy water. No matter what happened, that's still the holy water. Though it bitter, but it still is the holy water. The holiness will be way beyond overcome every sin, everything. That priest bring that curse. And on that bitter water, he started to take the bitter water to wash that book. To wash that book. And all the curse from that paper start to fading away. All the curse that on that book start to dropping down, dropping down into that bitter water. That Jesus Christ, what happened? The blood produced a bleach. And all the curse was washed away. Every curse on that book has been washed away. Because that's the holy water. But God sent down from heaven a bleach for sin. It was the blood of his own son that when I confessed the sin, dropped it into God's bleach. You try to find it again. The coloring of sin goes back through the mediator and down through the time until it hit the accuser. Satan and lays on him till the day of the judgment. The blood produced the bleach. The holy water that in that earthen vessel, no put of the dust, he formed to become a tabernacle that in a human being, but all the curse dropped it into that earthen vessel with the holy water and dissolves every curse. And you be justified. When you become a Christian and accept Christ as your Savior, then when God sends down the abstract, 
It shows that no matter what your father did, what your mother did, what anybody else did, your mother, your daddy might have been a drunkard, prostitute, whatever it was, every sin is striking off. You are justified. You never sinned in the first place. That's why tonight you can drink that cup. Though it is a bitter, but as to the holy water, that's to the blood of Jesus Christ. The bitter water that he drank, you shall drink it also. Go take the book. The book is clean. There's no curse on it. You are free. You are justified. You never seen in the first place that book from the curse of book to the lamp's book of life. You go take the book and drink it up. Eat it up. You said it's a bitter. He drank the bitter water. Of course that bitter water will come into you, will become a bitter again. But the only bitter prophesied again. You are free. You are justified. You were trapped into it. But now you never sin in the first place. Because you are his bride. You are the predestinated seed of God. When we have the spirit in us, the Holy Spirit in us, the abstract shows that all of the doubts has been stricken out. All unbelief has been stricken out. What? Christ liveth. Not life. Not I live. Not me. Christ living in me. Why? You drink that bitter water. Now you live, but Christ is living in you because he is a living word lives in you. Showing that all the account of all your messages, baptism, the Pentecost, the idea, everything else was stricken off. The woman was defiled by the whole ideology. The woman has defiled all the men's idea, but all the curse has been plowed out. And all your men's idea, all the politicians mess you up, the world mess you up, the men's idea mess you up, the YouTube lies mess you up. But if you drinking in the bitter water, that will cleanse every bit of it. There ain't enough devil in hell to keep us from doing it. We were foreordained of God for this hour. The word of God manifested itself right through with us. And we live in the presence of God. By the word of promise of God. And the devil in the hell can keep me from arising in the Easter seal. In the door, he could have shot in my face. And that morning, the seal has been broken. Hallelujah. Give me a few minutes, let me continue on. In this same chapter, verse 25. Then the priest shall take the jettison offering 
out of the woman's head. Oh, my God. Where is that offering? Do we miss it? Who gave her the offering? Her husband. Before she can drink that bitter water, her husband, the Bible said to bring her offering for her. Is that a she bring her own offering? But her husband prepared an offering Amen. for her. So you go, but I have a prepared offering for you. That's the same Jesus Christ. Our husband said, be not afraid. I have a become offering. And I put myself into your hand. You can drink the cup that I drink. You can take the baptism that I take. And the jealous offering out of a woman's hand. And shall wave the offering before the Lord. And offered it upon the altar. The woman said, I don't have no other offering. I'm as a sinner as I can be. But my husband prepared me an offering. My husband prepared me an offering. And that offering waved before the Lord. And then offered it on the altar. Christ has died for his wife. Then he through the suffering, through the burning, because the priest has taken a handful of that offering and burned on the altar. And then when they burned, the milled offering started to ascending and it started to go up. It go before the Lord. The offering that a woman has offered now is burned on an altar. If we take it to Christ and that Christ to become an offer and put on our altar out of a heart, that God consume that what we have offered. We don't offer our own ability. We don't offer our own credit. We have none, but we offer the Christ that we have received. And then the offering become a burnt offering and it's a one up and it become a sweet smelling before the Lord. And then the Bible said, the priest shall take a handful of offering, even the memorial thereof, and burn it upon the altar. And afterward, afterward, shall cause the woman to drink the water. God will not let you drink into the bitter persecution, the trials, that everything that you go through without giving you an offer. He becomes an offer when you receive it afterward. Then you can drink the bitter cup. And then everything, and I see the Lord said, it is finished. You're not a sinner anymore. Though you've been defiled before, but now you are justified. And he shall cause the woman to drink the bitter water. That caused the curse. And that the water caused the curse shall enter into her and become a bitter. Amen. How we thank God. Amen. The lamb has took the book. Yeah. The lamb has become the book. The lamb, our husband, has become an offering. He's everything. He's everything to me. Yeah. And he is that out of bitter water 
Then when we drink it, the angel said, go take the book. And eat it up. It's sweet in our mouths, but it will be bitter in your belly. But friends, when it digest, the bitter persecution start to come. The bitter misunderstanding start to come. The peoples are yelling, peoples are slandering, everything start to come. But thank God, all my curse has been washed out away. And if the woman be not defiled, but be clean, then she shall be free and shall conceive seed. Not defiled? I know I was defiled. Even before I come, I know I was defiled. No, you're not defiled. You're not even forgiven. In an invisible union, look up the word. The word don't mean forgiven. The word means justified. It don't mean you're forgiven. If you heard I got drunk and done something evil thing and everything, then you come around and see me, and you found, found out I didn't do them, then you come around and say, Brother Brandon, I forgive you. Forgive me. I didn't do it at the first place. Now, if I did do it, I'm guilty. But you could forgive me, and I wouldn't be guilty. But yet, I'm not justified, because actually, I done it. But the word justified is though you never done it. It's not even regarded at all. How is it done? In God's book of a sea of a forgiveness, your old book and a marriage is a divorce and dead. It's not even in the memory of a God. Amen. You are justified. Therefore, being justified, it was accused. You was accused. You never done it in the first place. The whole union is in the seed of God's forgiveness. You wasn't married to it as it began with. He, the bridegroom, your husband, bore your shame himself for you in your place. He took your place for you were predestinated for him to be in his bride before the foundation of the world. The Bible says so. You are the predestinated seed. He said, you are justified as you have never even done in the first place. Let me finish it over here. Brother Bram has talk about in the, from that time. He talked about a woman. That woman was a, if we can call her, she was a messed it up. And totally. And she, uh, Become a prostitute on the street. And finally went up into the instant institution. Then Brother Brandon went to the cedar. And this is a woman who has no hope. And she was in that condition. But on the surface, she seems it all right. And when Brother Brandon saw her, I said, a lovely young woman like you, don't you desire to be married? And have babies like all mothers do and so forth. She said, I would love to, sir. But look at me. 
What could I offer anyone? I said, you got one thing you could offer. She said, what's that? I said, your soul to Jesus Christ. She said, sir, he wouldn't have received me. Just like that woman was defiled, cursed. I said, oh, yes, he will. I said, how do you know he would? I tried. I wonder how many people tried. They try to stop this. They try to quit this. They try to quit that. I say, yes, you're just turning pages. But you really come to him. She said, what could he do with me? I said, make a lady out of you. He said, not me. I'm too far gone. And then Brother Bram said, he can take you back. To the time when you was a virgin. Innocent girl. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient and powerful to transform the vilest sinner to a blood-washed saint. Guiltless before God. You can't take yourself back. But the blood of Jesus Christ can take you back. Not to take you back just forgiven. But take you back to become a justified. And then to take you back to become a virgin again. To become a not, be, not just forgive your devilness, but to take you back to become a pure and holy and a virgin of God again. That's why the, the verse that we just read in chapter 5 there says, if she's not defiled, she was justified as she never done in the first place. And if she was not defiled and fine to be clean, then she shall be free. Amen. That means she shall be pure. Amen. She shall be in his holiness. She shall be become a virgin again. There's nothing can against her. And not only that, said she shall conceive seed. Amen. You shall conceive seed. That the life of Jesus Christ, that you said, I cannot live it. But if you eat at the book, you take him. And he said, it's a finished work. And that life, the living inside of you, will produce his own life that is inside of you. That's the purpose God sent us to the prophet. Here's a Malachi 4. So turn the heart of the children back to the fathers again. He would turn our heart and it take us back to become a virgin again. So that we can conceive seed and receive the word of God. And live a life of true and worthy for the gospel. And to become a virgin and stay as a virgin. As a chaste virgin. That is the jealousy. The zeal of the Lord has prepared you a body. How we thank God that what he has done for us. Let a musician come. We're not just believing some fake news. We're not believing there was something that was just a fraud or something, just a man-made doctrine. But what we believe is that absolutely the truth that in this hour, no man can see anything. Damnable about what we have believed. God has approved this message to be the truth. How we thankful that our Lord Jesus 
but he's the blood that has washed us as a clean. And I said that you are justified. You're not a defiled. You're not even forgiven. You are justified because you never sinned in the first place. When this afternoon come, when we take another communion, this is an offering that the Bible said her husband bring an offering on her hand for the remembrance. It's not a remembrance of what you did, but a remember of what he has done to us. That is an offering that a husband has prepared. How we're thankful. The bride of Jesus Christ, which is you're the member of it, that you're as pure as you can be, Brother Ricard. There's no accuser can accuse us anymore because all the accusation that God has put in that bitter water and has washed that out of the way. And you are free. If the Son of a Man set you free, that you are free indeed. Let us stand. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's sing out. Lord, I lift up your name. Lord, I live. Let's just worship him. Oh, Lord, I of a stone white dove the prophet said a sickness superstition and devils had us a pin down there was no way out the church had gone wrong that it went off on the denominational things and Pharisees Sadducees and a washing of pots and pans and a word of a God had become of a note fact. but this is a little dove that came down and there was only one thing could take place. There had to be a redeemer. But being wounded, broken, beaten, torn, but he know his way back home. So from a Calvary's cross, where they buried him, mashed him, tore him, like a bunch of wolves upon him, and made his a flight from a Calvary 
and he landed in heaven's door saying it is a finished it is a finished they are free Amen. sickness can be healed now Amen. sinners can be saved Amen. the captive can be set free Amen. if I can add it up the broken marriage can be reunited the prodigal sons can come in home the lost sheep can be found the deceived can have the clear vision again and the dead shall rise up again and our blood milko can come out of from that bed and again that redeemer he has died for us what a wonderful lord that we serve his blood has washed you clean and if you know the truth the truth will set you free let's sing the song that we're no longer a slave no longer a slave of a fear to worship him a little bit oh how wonderful he is Lord we're not a slave to fear but we are the sons and daughter that are the wisdom of the Lord oh how we thank you Lord what a marvelous Savior 
What a redeemer that you are, Lord. Let it go wash the defiled of the water like we are as a clan that have never even been remembered. And all the sins has been washed out of the way. All the curse of that you have buried it. Oh, blessed be the name of the God. Oh, how we thank you, Lord. Out of our heart is a loving you. Lord, it's because of your jealousy. Lord, you wouldn't. It's not a perverted jealousy to kill somebody. But Lord, it's a godly jealousy. Lord, you died for us. Oh, what a zeal. What a zeal of our Lord in preserving himself as an offering. And preparing himself as a bit of water that will wash us a clean, Lord. And not only that, that blood will produce the bleach. Lord, every sin, every curse, every accusation that the devil had to put it on us, even right on the book, nothing going to write it off. Nothing going to re-erase it. Lord, your blood produces the bleach. Lord, that bleached away that every sin, every mistake, every wrongdoing, and to put in the seed of forgetfulness. And Lord, it will not even be remembered anymore. And Lord, and then you slide that I merited the wedding band down the finger of your bride. Lord, we're not merited, Lord. Oh, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that take the book and turn our book of life into a Lamb's book of life. How we thank you, Lord. How we love you. Oh, you are true love, Lord. You are the true love. Lord, all the love that a human being can say, Lord, it's just nothing but shadow of the shadow of the shadow of the shadow. The Lord, you ever revealed that it's a true love to us. Lord, you said for man to die, it's scarce for men to die. But only Jesus Christ, when we were still sinner and we we're still weak, and Lord, you died for us. And in there, the love of God has a show to us. We thank you, Lord. This is your loved one. Lord, what a zealous of our husbands and who died for us and put us into the heavenly place. Lord, we can never be the same. We give you all the thanks and glory. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that hasn't known this love of God, hasn't known this washing away of the curse, hasn't known the deliverance of our Redeemer, hasn't really met the God yet. Lord, I know they are your wives, Lord. Some of them, and they may be coming to the church. Lord, they put out a facade on, but underneath it, is a crying heart. Lord, underneath that is a crying soul, that a crying for God to draw nigh unto them. Oh, Lord, I pray you, Lord, your worms to their hearts. 
and it just come close to them and it speaks softly to them. Lord, if they ever come into the church like that, it defiles the little woman and it doesn't even dare to let the touch of her husband to touch her. Lord, I pray, let the soft hand of Jehovah, the tender hand of Jehovah, touch our bride at it again, Lord, and speak love to them. Lord, this is not some poetry, but this is the truth. Because you're the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmity, Lord. Lord, seek the, the prodigals. No matter if they're a daughter or they're sons, if they're not in there, it ought to be. Like that, a defiled woman. The husband has a sense that she is not that she used to be. Lord, I pray you. Let a burning desire for her, for his husband, that it come back to them again, Lord. Let a burning passion and zeal for the word of God and for the cause of God and a return back to their heart and it again so that they can fall in love with our Lord Jesus once more. We thank you, Lord. We commit this congregation to your hand. As it is afternoon when we come back, as our dear brother Tom had preached the service. Lord, and may the Holy Spirit anoint your servant. Lord, and may the presence of the Holy Spirit, oh, may the presence of our Kingsman Redeemer just come back again, Lord. Come back with a different level of a faith of your people, with a different stage of a love of your people as we're drinking the cup, as we're eating the, as we're eating the, the bread. Lord, may you just have a communion with your own wife. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that he look beyond my fault.
bless every one of you. Just keep in that atmosphere. And if you need to leave, just uh, leave uh, so quietly. If you want to stay and just worship the Lord and meditating, you're welcome to do that. But until then, we'll uh, see you at the four o'clock. And uh, just a prayer that up. And this is, will be the rejoiceful time for you. This is the time to remember our Lord. Not remember my curse. Not remember the things that I've done wrong. That has been put into the seed of forgiveness. If you ever, for, if you ever confessed that. But this is the time to remember the Lord. This is the time to remember our Lamb who has died for us. He has to wash us as clean. May the Lord bless every one of you. That's the same that the last verse of it again before we go. Until we meet you again at the four o'clock, God bless you.